Support for Waveform comes from Anthropic. So looking for an AI solution for a business, it might be time to check out the Claude 3 family from Anthropic, your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. So whether you're powering a customer chat experience or doing complex R&D or need advanced analysis, Anthropic can help provide you with frontier intelligence. So if you're looking for speed, power, or anything in between, the Claude 3 family offers AI models for a variety of tasks and budgets. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Waveform. We're your hosts. I'm Marquez Brownlee. And I'm Andrew Manganelli. And uh, that's our intro still. Yeah. That's it. What? We, we were talking about this the other day. Like, <laughs> I feel like, I guess I mostly think of intros as like Austin as like, hey, guys, or Filter Franco's. Like, that was not nearly in. enough, hey, guys, Sorry. to be an Austin intro. Hey, guys. There it is. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't think, no, no. We think our intro is kind of boring. Well, I have the MKBHD video intro, which is pretty clean right now. Mm -hmm. You recognize the, hey, what's up, guys, MKBHD here. Yeah. But for the podcast, maybe we should come up with like a different intro. Maybe we should have people on Twitter just give us ideas yeah, for help uh, us. an intro for the Waveform podcast. Yeah, help us out. We need something a little more unique. If it can roll into something about Waveform or about tech, like that would be awesome. But we just want to... A cooler intro. We like the music already, by the way. Cameron Barlow sent us that That's after like sweet. episode one and we found it and fell in love with it. But let's get a, a new intro. What's up, guys? Welcome to Waveform. Let's form the wave. Let's 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 <laughs> run. Yeah, no, please help us. You can see our brainstorming has been going uh, really poorly so far. So we'll figure it out. Thanks. If Twitter WVFRM, let us know what it cool. should be. All right. Uh I guess we'll go right back into recap. We always go over the past couple of videos since the last episode, and we have our big three since the last waveform, which was S20 Ultra, Mac Pro, and Xiaomi Mi Mix Alpha. Yeah, I think last episode we talked like about Samsung nonstop, so let's give everyone a, a break. If yeah, you... I mean, if you wanna watch that, it's the 18 minute long full review video yeah. of the highest end S20 Ultra. We're still gonna, I just started using the regular size S20 today mm -hmm. as you start listening to this. But um, the S20 Ultra being the flagship, the, the, the highest end phone that people expect the most out of, uh, I think generally people were feeling like, and I don't blame them, you want like a perfect phone for $1,400 yeah. starting price. Mm -hmm. And uh, obviously there is no perfect phone. So every single little thing that's a little bit wrong with it or not quite the best, you tend to feel like, oh, that's such a letdown. You know, it's not the best mm -hmm. camera in any phone. It's not the absolute longest battery, but it's got a lot of things going for it. So I think people who watch the review will get a pretty good understanding of all the ups and downs. Yeah, for sure. So that's the S20 Ultra. We also had the Mac Pro review finally. And the Mac Pro is, it's a tough thing to review. Also, The Verge also just came out with their Mac Pro review this week. Did and you watch it? Yeah, they they kind of came out from a different angle, but it's the I same. I liked the angle they said they were going to go for. Yeah, because yeah. the problem you have with the Mac Pro is there's a bunch of different specs. We've we've talked about this with the iMac Pro and with the MacBook Pro, but there's a bunch of different specs, and with the Mac Pro with dramatically different prices, mm -hmm. so it's almost impossible to just review the Mac Pro when someone might get 
the base Mac Pro. Someone yeah. might get the 16 core with 92 gigs of RAM. Someone might get the $40,000 28 core Mac Pro. Mm -hmm. How do you review all of these things? My original idea, which we didn't end up getting to do, was gonna be to like review it from the perspective of like five different ideal people to buy a Mac Pro. Like the YouTuber, the Final Cut editor. The Redditor. The, the Redditor, <laughs> the professional internet commenter. You know, a bunch of different uh, perspectives and to, to sort of get expertise from other people who do have different workflows from me because I'm not a yeah. uh, After Effects editor, or pro photographer, mm -hmm. or developer, or any of that. So it would be cool to get those different people, but that's what The Verge did. So we can we can link their review as yeah, well down sure. below. But our Mac Pro review, was it was just coming from my perspective, which is I'm a Final Cut editor. I'm not the perfect candidate for like an Afterburner card yet, but it might be upgraded to take advantage of that later. Mm -hmm. I have a very CPU and GPU intensive workflow when I'm in the workflow. Yeah. Um, so we went over all that. And, and that you've, it's future-proofed. Like you, it might be overkill, but you're ready for this. It's modular. You're ready to have this for a very long time. Yeah, I'm hoping to. I yeah. think I mentioned at the end, I want to have this for a decade. And that, that sounds insane to have one piece of tech for a decade. Sounds bad for the channel too, because yeah. it's less content to make. <laughs> That's but. true. But like if any one piece of tech is equipped or able to be modular enough to last a decade, uh -huh. it's this desktop computer. Huh. So I'm hoping that actually that actually happens. Hopefully, yeah. And then there was one other thing we saw a lot of comments on, which I think it was a fun little behind the scenes snippet here, but um, there's one shot in the review if you watched it where Marquez is raising his hands up and the oh, the, that the case seems to float up with it. And there's lots of speculations as to, to how we, we did it. Are um, we revealing that? I think we should reveal it. That's what the podcast okay, is for, fair. right? S weird tippets, little snippets we do from behind the scenes kind of stuff. If it I wasn't hadn't watched, easy to think of. Yeah, if I hadn't been involved in making it and I just watched it, uh -huh. I think I would have just thought we'd put the case on the Mac Pro and reverse the shot. Yeah, and we tried that. Right. It just didn't look like, as if you didn't put it down perfectly, like level, like one side started and then it didn't really slide very well and it yeah. never hit the bottom like evenly and was uneven in terms of speed. It would like start falling really fast and then really, really slowly <laughs> at the bottom. So we couldn't, and we were like adding in camera movement too. So we couldn't yeah. do some weird green stream. I think a lot of people thought fishing string, but like, is that it takes even some strong force. Enough? Yeah, I, I don't think you could do fishing string clear, like a uh, test line enough that's like, would be able to pull that without seeing it. We've so, never, have we ever used fishing wire for a shot? Maybe one shot ever? I don't know if we have. Cause we've, I we bought, bought fishing it. wire. Yeah, I remember we bought it. I have a bunch it. of it and I think we've tried using it before and then figured out like we could tape something or use some yeah. other adhesive somewhere, double-sided tape. We thought we could use, but I actually I can see it on the cart right now. Yeah, and we it have looks brand some. new. Yeah. Um, so what we finally wound up doing is we grabbed a suction cup car mount. So we have like this two suction cups linked together into like an arm that you could probably put something bigger than like a GoPro on. I would say maybe like an RX100 or like at best, maybe like an A7. If you're feeling um, bold. If you're feeling very bold. Um, but we basically suction cupped it to the back. I kneeled down behind the table and just kind of pushed it up using the suction cup. So that way we didn't damage it at all. Um, that was actually the one we have to send back. So we couldn't do anything that would actually like cause any deformities to it. So two suction cups I pushed. If you look really closely, you can actually see my shadow kind of like. Were you pushing up or pulling down? Pushing up. Really? Yeah, it's it's the right I thought we used the, the shot we used I'm not sure which one it was, but I thought it was a reversed shot where you assisted the downward motion 
of the Mac Pro really? with the suction cup. I I have to go back and look at it. I thought because the way the camera moves yeah. is Vin going from down to up. Right. And I feel like coming up to down would be a harder Oh, true. Harder, like fluid movement to get it to feel like going. For, I'm not sure. We probably now, now both, I don't know. Right? We don't even know. So yeah, <laughs> um, I think we tried both, but I think pushing up worked the best because I remember my shoulder being uh, like, "Oh man, this starts to hurt after." It's not light. Yeah, it's a heavy uh, shell of the Mac Pro, but that's how we got the shot. Is that we made a plunger out of a video shot. tool? Yeah, all this like camera magic you guys think we're doing is usually actually pretty uh, simple in the background. It just is hard to to think of the idea. But practical have, effects. Yeah. Practical effects. Always works the best. All right, what else do we do? Mimix Alpha? That was a, it's just a wild phone. Yeah. I'm really glad we live in an age where those weird concept phones in like 2005, uh -huh. where we were like, what if the future of phones was this insane thing from the movies? Yeah. I'm glad we're actually kind of trying it We're now. like, hold, that's what's crazy to me is like, we're holding them in our hands. We see all these crazy renders from like, on Twitter of like the new iPhone and stuff, and you know they're, they're like rendered and yeah. stuff like that. So we're getting to this point where we're filming stuff like this and you're holding it and you're like, this looks fake. Right. All of this looks fake. I can't believe the audience thinks this is real, but <laughs> I can't believe it's real because I'm holding it in my hand right now. It, yeah, I remember it, when we were shooting with it because we, we, we got this Mimix Alpha and if you've seen the Mimix videos before, this is always where Xiaomi pushes their design yeah. to the, the limits. I remember the first Mimix video, which uh, I think there's maybe 6 million views on that video wow. too. It's just people getting really excited about bezel-less design. Uh -huh. So this is where they do that. So the Mimix Alpha is this wraparound screen all the way to the back. And I remember as we were shooting this video, I, I just kept looking at the footage, like this doesn't really look yeah. real. Like it, it almost looks like I'm clickbaiting my own eyes. You know what I mean? <laughs> it doesn't look right. Um, but it's, the more we shot with it, the more I like my brain got used to this being like a real, a real phone. Yeah, actually, I went home that night and Claire asked me what, like, what we did at work, and I was like, I don't, I don't know how to like explain this phone fully. <laughs> so I just said. She didn't know, she's never heard the term like screen to body ratio. So I explained that to her and I was uh -huh. like, all right, your phone is, she has a one plus five. So her screen to body ratio is probably like 70%. 75, or, sure. Yeah. Uh -huh. So uh, I was like, yours is like 75%. My pixel is like 80%. What if I told you we shot a phone that was 180%? She's like, uh, <laughs> does like the screen <laughs> fold on top of itself? And, Pretty pretty close. Somewhat. Something yeah. like that. I, to be honest, it wasn't the most practical idea. Like Not at all. Right off the top, it looks amazing. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times when something looks amazing like yeah. that, you sort of forget about the practicality mm -hmm. of it. And the practicality trade-off is you are always touching screen when you're holding <laughs> yeah. it. And that's a really big challenge for engineering, for software. Uh, and so, yeah, as we were using it, you know, we, they gave us the phone. They were like, you know, it's a functional prototype. Don't judge it too hard. This isn't a final product. Yeah. This isn't something we're shipping. Uh, you know, this would take a lot of software updates to get right. But even as I was using it, I was like, this is never. Even if that perfect. phone was perfect. Yeah, there's like so many weird things you would have to change of just using a phone that was all screen all the time. It, yeah. It, yeah. Linus could literally never use it. It would be broken in like a day. Oh, you can't drop that thing. Yeah, you can't drop it. I, yeah. Huh. Uh, Best thumbnail of the year, though, in my opinion. Yeah, well, that's because literally the coolest thing about that phone is what it looks like when it's charging. The charging animation. And then, like, it's so good. Like, so yeah, if you if your main goal for buying a phone is when you plug it in and it's charging, you want it to look 
as cool as possible, the Mimix Alphas for you. <laughs> I, if uh, they ever sell a phone like yeah. that and that's your goal, there you have it. I don't know how much it would cost either, but that was a fun video to make. Yeah. Um, there you. I mean, those were the three videos. I, I, I was super into the thumbnail and like just excited to see how people would react to it. And sure enough, people really got curious about the idea. So there you have it. All right, content we liked. Yeah, this one... So Vin actually showed us this one. Uh, okay. He posted it on our Slack channel the other day. I'm sure most people here know who Gus Johnson is. If you don't, he's like, I don't know if I want to call it sketch comedy, but like short comedy videos. I, yeah. He really reminds me of, do you remember, man, I don't know if it's ProZD or ProzD, uh, another YouTuber who makes like funny sketch things. and But they remind me of it because all their sketches have like nothing to do with the other ones. You can watch them completely by themselves. Okay. And they're always on the front page of Reddit. Nice. Like 30 <laughs> seconds to like two minute videos that are on the front page of Reddit. And I'd say they're sketches. Yeah, sketches. Um, yeah. But so Gus did, uh, what what was the name of this? Every student film set. It was startlingly accurate oh because I've been to a lot of film sets that aren't student film sets. Yeah. They're just poorly run film sets mm -hmm. that had a lot of the quotes that he oh my sort goodness. of brought They're up so that were all good. So like, I don't want to spoil it that much, but yeah, he's hit every quote. I mean, I think the one we can all assume is he just constantly says, fix it, I'll fix it in post. I think I could probably add that in post. But we'll fix that in post. So. Now, I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to add things in post, but. We'll fix it. We'll, we'll fix it in post. So I yeah. highly recommend it. We'll put it in the show notes. It's hilarious. He has a bunch of other funny ones if you've never seen it. I think one of my favorites is he went to Subway and there was like, he's convinced that they chop the jalapenos and leave the stem part on the top. And he went to like a bunch of different Subways to oh, see how many stems were in his sandwiches. He bought a ton of, yeah. Yeah. Goes in so, depth for it. Good job, Gus. Watch Gus. Keep it, it up. If you have like an hour to kill, you could probably watch 50 of his videos and be yeah. crying at most of them they're hilarious uh so that's yeah that's our content content of the week did you hear about the uh bad guys not using iphone story this, this might be my most this might be my favorite thing that came up in the news this lately. is this reminds me of like they say when you go to film school it ruins movies for you because yes. you like start thinking about like too much of how things are done this is now the, if you're into technology, you can potentially ruin movies. Yeah, um, okay, so here the the breakdown is this. So you've seen product placement in movies. Uh -huh. You've seen like the Sprite can in Transformers. Like yeah, you've, yeah. This is all like obviously planned stuff. Mm -hmm. um, you are allowed to use other products in movies even if they aren't paid for uh, as long as you get clearance or you get permission from the company to use their brand mm -hmm. uh, because if you use it without their permission, they could sue you if they don't like the way you portrayed it. So if you show a a bad guy driving a real uh, Mercedes and the Mercedes logo shows up and then the bad guy shoots somebody, Mercedes could sue you because, hey, dude, you can't, you can't, yeah. you know, we didn't l let you use our brand like that and now it looks bad for Mercedes. Mm -hmm. So Apple. That's not a real thing. That was just an example, by the way, for everyone. Yeah. So Apple has this uh, sort of longstanding rule where they just perennially green light. You can just use iPhones mm -hmm. in movies and they're cool with it. So obviously you see a lot of a lot of like ambiguous blank phones in yeah. movies and they're trying not to show any brands, but like we all know what phone that is. Yeah, yeah. Apple's like, yeah, go ahead, show the iPhone, show the Apple logo, it's cool. But if someone uses an iPhone in a movie, they can't also then go use it in a in a bad way and, and be portrayed in a negative light. Just the character can't the be The character portrayed. can't be portrayed huh. in a negative light. So your villain your murderer, uh -huh. serial killer, 
bad guy in the movie can't be using an Apple product. See, it's funny, like, you think about it in movies like that, like in a superhero movie, but I think of it as, like, if I'm watching Law & Order SVU or something and I'm trying to figure out who the person is, oh, yeah. like, or C- I don't think CSI is even on the air, but, you know, kind of like a, a criminal TV show where you're trying to figure out who's the person that's the bad person, and I'm like... Oh, it's him, and then he whips his iPhone out later. Like, yeah. Now it's like, it's oh, not him. He's, yeah, he's not guilty. Yeah, because those shows, you're supposed to like th- try to think yeah, you yeah, know yeah. who it is, and then 10 minutes in, you're like, maybe it's not him, mm-hmm. it's the other guy. And uh-huh. then 10 minutes later, you're like, I think it's the first guy. Yeah, so, so now if you see someone using an iPhone this in a is movie, a very good chance they're not the bad person. Yeah, they're not going to go do anything too bad later so, in that movie. Congratulations, you've now had all movies and TV shows completely spoiled for you. Sorry, a little bit. But also, it's <laughs> but it's funny. also really funny, yeah. and we had to talk about it. Um, all right. So, how about before we go into some of the news stories? Uh, if you can't hear right now, there's some beeping behind me because Do you think we're, that's you think that's legible? People hear that? I don't know if anyone hears it, but um, you've probably heard in some of our some of our podcasts. I think we get the audio pretty solid, but we're still in a big room, and we're in a big room next to a very high foot traffic area. We've talked about the new studio plenty of times. Um, and we're starting to move into it, which we're very, very excited about. Yeah, um, the podcast studio in the new, the whole new space that we mm-hmm. have, and we have several spaces inside. I think that's the room that will be probably done first. Yeah, priority one probably. Right and now. it's gonna be the one that I'm most excited to mm-hmm. start using because our biggest issue is audio. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean like, even like one of the things is is like there's this elevator beep and when I'm editing, I try and get rid of it but sometimes I think it's just the elevator beep also happening while I'm editing. So Through your sneaks, headphones. Yeah, so it, it yeah. sneaks into the podcast sometimes. We apologize, but we're we're at the point we ordered flooring. I think we literally, right before recording this, got the rest of the flooring. We're also now talking to people with sound dampening products and very, very excited about that. We thought it was going to be pretty... We were mostly focused on it sounding good. Now with these people coming in, we're focused on it sounding good and looking good, yeah. which is gonna be really cool so basically what we want is we started an instagram account w wvfrm podcast there's only one post over there but go over there follow it and we're gonna give you guys updates and we want everyone to kind of give us some suggestions as well like we want this to be awesome we want it to be awesome for you if we ever do a video podcast in the future we want it to look great functional you know us we like high quality content we want this to be high quality so if you're interested in the progress we're making, if you're interested in how we're doing things, maybe why we're doing some of the stuff to make it sound good, go check us out on Instagram. I think I'm going to be spending a lot of time down there in the next few weeks building stuff. So I figured I might as well grab the account and show everyone what's happening and maybe just not bore myself to tears while I'm putting carpet (laughs) in for hours and hours. Yeah, this is gonna be, this is a culmination of a lot of the things also that we've learned from number one, being in the space we're currently in. Yeah. And number two, from other spaces that I've seen. I was on uh, NPR a couple months ago and went up to their studio to be interviewed and uh-huh. was just looking around the room, learning things yeah. as I as I sat there and talking to the mic. Um, stuff we already have that's already set up is the double pane glass is soundproof on the outside and there is sound dampening material inside the walls. Yeah. So already that room is isolated from the rest of the studio, which is isolated from the rest of the building. So yeah. it's sort of double isolated. Then we're adding flooring, as we mentioned, uh, which is something we've already done in here, but that's going to be starting to take away the echo from Mm -hmm. the top to the bottom, the bass traps in the corners, which we've done in every room we've ever shot audio in. Um, Then we'll probably have 
some some ceiling stuff and maybe not foam, maybe more of like the hanging fiberglass yeah, type of acoustic dampening. It's something we just we forgot about. And then when this this company reached out to us about this the wall stuff, they had all of that. So Yeah, the rest of the site had that. a bunch of other good ideas. Yeah, too. like <laughs> we were getting ideas just looking at stuff like that. So they're sending samples. Um and when the samples come in, we'll let you guys see it on on the Instagram page and yeah. and you can get an idea for where we're going with this. And hopefully it would be sick if it was done in the next month. The only the biggest problem right now is there is still construction going on directly above it. So right. no matter how sound dampening we get the room, we yeah. can't do it till the construction's done. But if you'd like to follow along on the journey, check us out on Instagram. Perfect. Uh, yeah. All right. So that's a good long recap. How about we'll take a short break. And when we come back, we'll talk about fleets, uh, TCL foldables, and coronavirus canceling tech events. Be right back. Support for Waveform comes from Coda. So it can be tough to stay organized when your team is spread across time zones. With Coda, you can help keep your whole team on the same page with an all-in-one collaborative workspace that brings together the best of documents, spreadsheets, and apps into one platform. That means less time ping-ponging between different tabs and tools and more time on your projects. So with Coda's extensive planning capabilities, you can stay aligned when managing planning cycles and while measuring objectives and key results. Plus, you can access hundreds of templates and get inspired by others in Coda's gallery. So over 50,000 teams across the world collaborate with Coda, from the New York Times to Square, uh, from Toast to TED and Uber. So if you want a platform that enables and empowers your team to collaborate effectively and focus on shared goals, you can get started with Coda today for free. You can head over to coda.io slash wave. So that's coda, C-O-D-A dot I-O slash wave to get started for free. Coda.io forward slash wave. All right, welcome back. So uh, I mentioned I wanted to talk about fleets. Yeah, and this Have is- Have you seen what this is? I have no idea. I've only seen Sam Sheffer tweet about it like 50 times in the last oh, day, perfect. and I have no idea what it is. That sounds like Sam. Okay, yeah. so- you know how uh, different social media sites are always testing new features and trying mm -hmm. to figure out what they want to do, uh, namely stealing features from each other okay. and trying to see if they can do their best to... Speaking of, I think LinkedIn <laughs> is trying to do stories now. Well, I that's think? a perfect segue because <laughs> Twitter okay. is now testing its own version of stories uh -huh. called Fleets, which okay. are tweets that disappear after 24 hours and huh. cannot accumulate likes. So they'll just be out there in the ether for 24 hours and then disappear. And I, this whole disappearing thing is fascinating to me. It's like Snapchat has it, then suddenly Instagram does stories and has disappearing media, and now Facebook has stories, and now LinkedIn's gonna have stories, and now Twitter's gonna have fleets. And uh, I don't, I guess that's another way to enable people to share, but tweets are already pretty great. Yeah, like <laughs> tweets to me feel like an in the moment I just thought of this, I'm sharing my mind kind of thing where it's like Instagram turned so much into like the photos became something you really preemptively think about. Whereas the stories are like, this is what's happening to me. S same with Snapchat. Snapchat always right. was a like, I'm in the moment, I'm showing things, people, my, yeah. namely my friends, what's in the moment. Then it turned into more of a social media platform. But right. uh, <laughs> yeah, like unpolished things, I, they kind of... Casey almost tried to like start a whole comp beam was like kind beam of based on that, like, totally also. unpolished, yeah. but YouTube has stories now. They disappear after seven days. I've I've literally never watched one. So yeah, but like um, they they all have please. the same uh, the same 
philosophy, which uh -huh. is that you have this much more polished, curated content that you spend a lot of time on that you want to live forever. Okay. And then you just have some other things you want to share just to like share and they'll disappear. So like, allegedly, I guess people will start thinking of Twitter this way. So you have Instagram, you spend a lot of time on your photo, you edit it, you post it, let it live forever. But also like, hey, I just went and grabbed lunch. Here's a photo of it. It'll be gone. No one really cares tomorrow what my lunch was today. Uh, now people are going to spend lots of time on their tweets and apparently they're already carefully crafting tweets and not making typos. Uh, <laughs> and then if you want to just check out some typos, you know, hey, you got fleets now. Huh. They're testing it right now just in, I believe, Brazil. And there's an article about how they've been messing with it in other markets. But I found that fascinating. Yeah, I don't know how I, I feel about that. I, I just feel like my Instagram, like when I'm going into that, I'm expecting to look at stories. And, and so, like I have, I almost feel like I enter in Instagram for two different scenarios. Yeah, here you... I'm going to go watch stories and then probably get out of Instagram. Or here I'm going to like scroll through my feed. Interesting. Yeah, I kind of, I have two different modes too. Yeah. I, will, I will do one or the other. And I feel like when I wake up and I'm like checking my phone for whatever happened in the past however many hours, I start with stories. Because uh -huh. that's more of like uh, things that are just going on in the world. Yeah, Maybe people just tweeting about whatever's in the news or not tweeting, literally just sharing what's happening. Yeah, And uh, and then I'll go through and scroll down and see what, what sports highlights happen and mm -hmm. what other posts have been accumulating. So I guess that's the way I use Instagram, but I'm, I'm curious how people would use Twitter. Twitter's also weird for me because I, I consider it on more of the like, I don't want to say professional level, but I follow way more like news and, and like professional things on Twitter, companies and stuff like that. Whereas Instagram is more like friends or specific people I find interesting. Um, so like, I don't know if I want to see a bunch of stories from like political stories and stuff like uh. that. Like Twitter, I get this mix of here's some tech stuff, here's some political stuff, which right now is like blowing up. And then I also, to me, Twitter now is kind of what Reddit used to be for me. Reddit used to be on the front page. Once news broke, I always saw it first on Reddit and that does not happen anymore. It's Whereas true. now, if there's something breaking in the news, like weather or pretty much anything, I always see it on Twitter first. Twitter first, yeah. yeah. I think that's probably true. So I just don't, I don't know. I feel like stories would get too clogged up with news and political stuff and not the like specific people I'm following and the like the yeah. off the cuff kind of stuff I would want to see. But I'm personally, I'm way more into TikTok stories right now. I oh, hope yeah. they make TikTok stories. Oh, let's go. Uh, do you think they'll enable tweet editing if they enable fleets everywhere? Because clearly Twitter yeah. is for these a we're dead. polished We're dead pieces. in the water. <laughs> Gosh, I know, um, uh, whatever. All right. No, it's all right. Um, but also, can we say one more thing before we switch? There's like a lot of talk about people supporting Jack Dorsey and stuff on Twitter and, and mm -hmm. I've never had any any issues with him. He won't let us edit tweets, but I don't take any super ill will towards that. I've yeah. I've grown to really love Twitter. It's something that I've I've become a part of since joining here because I felt like I needed to and now I check it more than any any other social media. I bet if you took all the social medias I check, I check Twitter more than all of the other ones combined. It's interesting, yeah. I, I think Twitter is one of my, if not my favorite social platform outside of YouTube. Mm -hmm. It's the only thing where I have a separate app for it on my desktop. I have a Twitter app, yeah, and I don't have that for any other app on my desktop. So yeah, I'm a fan of Twitter kind of as it exists right now. Yeah, so uh, unless we could I, edit tweets, I'd like it more. Edit tweets, full full support still on edit tweets, but but we like Twitter a lot. I would be a little scared if some uh, 
super big corporations came in and took over. And please, Google, don't kill it. Please, no one kill it. Please. Yeah. Um, okay. Cool. What do we have next? I got sidetracked. Uh, I was gonna share. So there's, we were talking about that Xiaomi Mi Mix Alpha before. Uh-huh. Uh And in this world where we have all these crazy wild phone concepts, mm-hmm. TCL also, and this is just kind of like being tossed out there. Uh, has a bunch of other concepts of folding phones that aren't necessarily coming to market. One of them is a tri-fold. <laughs> I'm looking uh, at it right now. Mr. Mobile, yeah, if yeah, you check Mr. out that Mobile image. Has it. Literally, we'll like, post that in the show notes as Yo, well. dog, I heard you like hinges. I, hold fo- I heard folding phones were in, so I've created this. It looks like an inchworm on the table, like <laughs> like it's gonna crawl away from you. You and... can accordion fold it in this weird way, but wow. when, you, when you flatten it out, it's a triple pane that flats oh. out into one big what Flat I didn't screen. notice, okay, or yeah, okay, here's something that's interesting. But if so, if you're imagining right now, imagine the Samsung fold the first one that opens up like a book mm-hmm. and now almost flip it on the other side and add another pane going the opposite way. Yeah, so instead of opening like a trifold, like a menu, you're opening this is what the Z flip should have been if you wanted to name it the Z flip and have the f- the phone look like a Z because if you fold it correctly, this will look just like a Z. But yeah. the cool thing about it is it changes the, the problem of not having a screen on the front of the phone when it's folded because now the screen that makes up one third of the inside screen is the screen on the front of it's it. It's the outside screen now. Yeah. Interesting, yeah. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, I don't know if they're uh, if they're gonna actually make something like this or if anyone's gonna make something like this, but it is pretty hilarious as a as a phone that we're, we yeah. we can just try this stuff now. It's inter- I don't see any like uh, reference to size. Like I, there's no hands holding it or anything. I'd like to see how big it is. It looks just like a Samsung phone on the back, or well, just like a TCL phone, but they look very similar to last year's Samsung stuff with the uh, horizontal camera array. But yeah, coming up into it, it look. It looks like it would be hard to touch the middle. I feel like if you were totally opened, it would be more of a setting down on the desk kind of Oh yeah, of thing. it's a tablet. Yeah. It's a full it's, on tablet. It's a full on tablet. Here's the one I really like though, yeah. is uh, the rollable display. Mm-hmm. So if you can imagine, uh, again, it's hard to explain this stuff on a podcast, but it's like a, an accordion that slides out and rolls the display open into a bigger screen. And yeah, then when I you want to like compact it, you just sort of squeeze it and it's it um, squeezes back to a normal Do you notice know like, Instead of saying accordion makes me think folding, imagine like um like a old scroll. ancient scrolls. Yeah. And yeah. then instead of opening it where it's like you're opening it and the rolls are facing down, flip the scroll over and roll it out. Yeah. And that's what it it looks like. It's just extending the screen by pulling the whole thing apart. This is this is the one I hope they kind of work on. I'm I, I'm the most curious about this. I don't yeah. get where it's going when it folds. When it open, when it folds closed, like when it compacts, where's yeah. the screen going? So I tweeted this animation that they've okay. shared. Oh, it's like it's underneath. stretching out. Yeah, it's typically behind the screen, so looking a lot like the Mi Mix Alpha when it's closed. Mm-hmm. But if you can imagine like taking the Mi Mix Alpha and stretching the and back like of it, unrolling it, unrolling it, then that whole screen like that a was fruit on the roll back, up almost. <laughs> that whole screen that was on the back will come around and be the front screen and now you have like a sort of a mid tablet So size. what's exposed on the back side of it when that screen is Probably now just Is that see the metal the, Sorry everyone we're watching a video so I'm trying to explain it as best as I can On the video though it looks like the screen is tucking underneath of something cuz it's showing that green part as coming up around the top but there's a space there's a lip over it is the back of the phone not exposed as a screen 
Is the screen coming from a channel underneath the back of the phone? All of these are very good questions huh. that I don't have the answers to. I mean, I would I would ask Michael about like his experience was not even like a, a working screen. It's like a you know a fake screen on it, okay. but just like a demo of the accordion mechanism. I would love to even just see what that looks like. Yeah, but I don't know. It's it's kind of cool. I think getting this to go from a small size to an even bigger size would be interesting because obviously yeah. the whole point of the mechanism is to give you more. Uh, it sort of starts off like a normal screen size and gets to like a kind of bigger screen. Well, the coolest thing about that though is that it's not making the screen size of the the footprint of the phone is very similar to a regular phone. Like the original Samsung Fold folded in half and then was twice as thick as a regular phone. Oh, right. That is the same thickness and the same size as a regular phone, but you're still getting a, a like four by three photo when it's all the way pulled out and mm. like a big square resolution like the Fold without the thickness of it. So I think that's why I'm interested in it. Is yeah, it yeah, has yeah. the least sacrifice. That looks like seems. the hardest one to pull off. True. But the the best model, if it could work. I have no idea if that could actually work. But. Hinge manufacturers, you heard what I said about you guys last time. You are the most important part of this whole concept phone coming to life project. Have a yeah. load of that one. Get, <laughs> get, get a... Someone's got their work <laughs> cut out for them and yeah. I already respect them for even trying. Um, all right, so next. Something in the news you may have not heard of, um, the coronavirus. It's not out there. It's been on Just my kidding. Twitter feed yeah. once or twice. <laughs> once or twice. Uh, we talked about how MWC got canceled for it. I don't want to like dive too deep into coronavirus and what if it's a pandemic or anything like that. Um, we're just going to focus on it in this like tech aspect, but I, I do think all of us should be washing our hands a little more. Safe to say um, nothing has really been such a topic of conversation especially in like the most different communities I'm a part of, like quite like this. <laughs> like I go home from work and we were talking about it and then I go to practice for my ultimate team and everyone there is talking about it. Then I go home and we're well, talking about it. Like everyone's That's because the first it. case of it is right where you practice. Or that's uh, the true. first case around like this East Coast pop. That up is right also true. So yeah. that's, that's a fun one. So but it's everywhere. Yeah, wash your hands, try not to touch your face. I guarantee by saying that someone listening right now is touching their face. I do it all the time and I've noticed how much I do it recently and yeah. if it comes anywhere close to me I'm screwed but so a big anyways. downside of a, a slightly you know pandemic sort of virus is uh, people really don't want to get sick and the best way to do that well it's not a downside that's obviously a good thing to <laughs> yeah. not try to get sick I mean we still go to CES every year and yeah and, and get sick um, all the time um, but is uh, canceling tech events and canceling just mm -hmm. events in general where large groups of people would all come in from all these different places all hang out together and then all fly home. I mean, that's how you spread whatever germs, like that's what CES is, mm -hmm. is everyone internationally flies, descends upon one convention center, mixes up for a couple days, and then all goes home. Uh, if you ever wanted to uh, prevent the spread of a virus, you should probably stop doing that so much. So we didn't have MWC earlier this year. We didn't have Facebook's F8 conference. Yeah, we that didn't just get, got canceled. Uh, there was a game. Which game conference was it? GDC? Uh, no, there was a game development conference or something. That GDC? Oh, yeah. G <laughs> that's GDC. <laughs> Sorry. GDC uh, got canceled. I'm Geneva looking at Auto our Show. notes. Yeah. Geneva Auto Show is what I was looking at. And Google I.O. just got canceled. Go ahead and pull up isitcanceledyet.com. It's so funny. I just saw this on Twitter before and forgot <laughs> to answer or like add it into the notes. I think Como Code posted it, right? Is yeah. Is that where you found it? 
It's just Como a code. You're our favorite, by yeah, the way. But it's uh, a site where you can just go down the list and see, like, hey, South by Southwest, what's the deal? It's been uh, sort of upgraded to not sure what's going on status, well, but you can see the long list of things that uh, have not happened this year, and it's given it a sort of that a are weird canceled or not. So it's like, so you just open it up, Google I/O, yes, South by Southwest, no, Microsoft build, no, WWDC, no, the Olympics. That's not tech related, but that's going to be the the big that's like, weird, yeah. Ooh, that's going to be a tough one. Because what is the Olympics? All people are coming from literally almost every country is, on earth the, uh, like, to one place, hanging out in one small place for a couple days, like, like, weeks, and then going Almost home. quarantined into place. Yeah. But together, oh man, yeah. Olympics could be bad. But I think the biggest thing we're like kind of worried about, not so much worried about, but like the event we're always most excited about because of how well they do is Apple events. Right. And we have WWDC coming up pretty soon. So um, here's, it's a curious thing because uh, Google I.O. was canceled. Facebook F8 was canceled. Mm-hmm. Those are those two companies' biggest events of the year. Yeah. Apple's biggest event of the year is WWDC. Uh, and and it, it made sense that Google is able to cancel I.O. because they do so much of it remotely anyway. Mm-hmm. They have all these remote sessions. They always stream everything. And they're they're slowly transitioning to just holding the whole show online. And so much of it's software-based also. So there's not a whole ton of like hands-on stuff there. I mean, there is, but not quite as much. So I actually don't think it would be that big of a deal if WWDC, as much as people want to go to something like WWDC, all the developer sessions, all the, the, the classes and things like that, that they all host there can be hosted online and not Mm -hmm. too much would be missed. But something like a product announcement where, I mean, it, we'd have to go all the way to September when we really expect to see something like yeah. this, but there is an, uh, an anticipated March event um, that Apple would be holding for the new iPad and some other stuff, uh-huh. and perhaps a 13 or 14-inch MacBook Pro that we, I don't, I don't see how you host a, an announcement event of hardware you want to show people without bringing people in. Yeah. Uh, so there's some questions about that. Uh, also, the other thing that, has been brought up. That's this is just something that's sort of been all over my feed. Is the Geneva Auto Show was canceled, but all those companies that had stuff that they were going to unveil at the auto show, they're like, oh, all right, uh, let's just unveil it anyway <laughs> and show a press release and maybe you know bring some people, some some video makers in to show this. Yeah. Uh, and so there's still been all kinds of new cars all over my timeline: Volkswagen, BMW, Bentley, Hyundai. Uh, McLaren 765LT. Oh, that's all stuff that's, wow. That's all from Geneva and Koenig, the Koenigsegg Gemera, which that a lot of people have shared. So sick. The craziest so stories you've ever seen on a car. I mean, Koenigsegg's always got these crazy dihedral doors, but uh, 1,700 horsepower four-seater, hybrid three-cylinder, just like a wild car in so many ways. Yeah. Um, all this stuff is still being re- released and revealed uh, because they're not actual products that people can buy yet. A lot of stuff is concept cars and just stuff we want to show people. But when you don't have the physical show to yeah, bring cars, people is something all over that like I would love it. to like. You want to step up to it and see it. It's, yeah. it's a lot harder on video to to get a good feel of things like that. Everything can look good on video, but, right. but when it comes to cars, there's so many little little aspects of it that you want to just walk around the car, sit inside it, get a good feel for it. So canceling that. I feel like it's rough for content creators that want to go yeah. out to stuff like that and yeah. show their audience. And just enthusiasts in general. Like when you consider sure. like the type of person who might live near there or just want to go to the auto show mm-hmm. or maybe the type of person who would just go to CES or MWC 
now you don't really get that that hands-on like exciting new tech everywhere experience you just kind of have to rely on the content yeah uh it also like kind of in terms of what we're doing and how it affects us is we weren't planning on going to M mwc or south by southwest is still a part but like half the companies have dropped out of it already um, yeah that's in limbo right now yeah but since these companies are planning to announce stuff at that it really really messing up some of the stuff we do because they had all these embargoes pretty much set for the announcement and then they completely threw them away because that didn't happen and some of them the verge is talking about how they had a product that they were all ready to go with and then they asked for when the new embargo was and the guy said i don't know yeah i um, had the, the same exact yeah we we embargo. have a product that we've had for a very long time and we're still not totally sure i think i have a new one we have a yeah okay it's cool. nowhere near the show uh, yeah very well the show was supposed to be a while ago right so uh, there's there's a lot of questions and and i think we're all sort of figuring it out as we go but i think yeah if we look back at 2020 as like literally the first year mwc was canceled like a whole bunch of different events had to go online only all these questions uh, all being spread on social media. It's really interesting, just like taking a step back and looking over it all. So let's say, I don't wanna, I don't think it will happen, but what would you say if this somehow lasted long enough that the iPhone event was canceled? Like we're totally hypothetically mm. speaking here for anyone listening. I'm just, yeah. I'm just interested, so, like so what, if, or what if this hit later on in the year that the we're losing? So the hypothetical is it gets all the way to September and there's still concerns about people traveling and mm -hmm. there's a potential of canceling a September event. Um, I think then it just turns into, and if anyone could pull this off, I guess it's Apple, mm -hmm. but I guess it just turns into them doing a webcast, going on stage, doing their keynote in front of Apple employees only. So you still, you so still, you still hear, hear people clapping. Yeah, you hear yeah. the applause still and they still go through everything and they're like, that's why we've unveiled the greatest iPhone we've ever made. The and everyone goes, wow. Bionic chip ever. Everyone's yeah. very excited. Um, but then of course, they're probably still gonna try to fly in a couple people to have mm -hmm. it or I don't know. I can see a lot of it like out. private briefings on the side and stuff yeah, like that for yeah. creators. So that the content is still available and you're still able to get a good idea of what that phone's gonna be like before you buy it. I think Apple could pull that off. Mm -hmm. I think uh, a company like maybe a Samsung or a OnePlus could kinda pull that off. Some of them are a little less organized or a little less. Able I almost to do wonder all that. if it would put them on a more even playing field because Apple blows it out of the water by like just offering these it has Apple Park, like like you said in a previous episode that the place where you shoot in is just a giant softbox. Like everything about an Apple event is so great. So now you just put this to online, it yeah, might even, even the playing field. And I mean, even in the playing field, it's all just an event. It's ultimately the product that wins out. But yeah, it's just interesting to think about if we lost that, this hands-on as a creator, you'd lose so much creator content and, and people who trust creators to bring content to them that we're relying so much more on the companies if we're so let's just hope it doesn't come to that yeah i, I just i just really hope they are still able to get the product in people's hands as that's like the, that's like the one thing i yeah. actually care about so yeah hopefully yeah. ultimately that, uh, it's happen. something not to like super panic about i think we just wanted to talk about it hypothetically here uh so just wash your hands a bunch and if you wash your hands every day we will have an apple event in september you know how to make it happen people there it is <laughs> that's it all right, let's take a quick break. Maybe go wash your hands for a minute. Uh, and when we get back, we're just gonna ask, answer a few questions from Twitter. Support for this episode of Waveform comes from Gigabyte. 
There's a lot of talk out there about how AI is revolutionizing our world. Computers are writing newsletters, robotic bees are pollinating flowers, and a whole new wave of driverless taxis are popping up in cities all over the world. But how can AI power our passions and what we do for fun? That's where Gigabyte's AI gaming laptops come in. So their range of powerful and portable new laptops deliver cutting edge performance for anyone looking to explore the brave new world of AI powered gaming. So every 2024 Aorus machine comes equipped with the Gigabyte AI Nexus, which is like a central hub located with all the AI powered features you could hope for. So that includes super useful tools like AI power gear, which automatically throttles and extends your computer's battery life depending on your power source and usage. You'll also get access to AI Boost, which optimizes performance based on what you're doing in that moment, whether you're ripping through an FPS or running your own large language model. AI Boost automatically adjusts the GPU and processors to maximize responsiveness and deliver unparalleled efficiency. Lastly, AI Generator includes various generative AI apps for quick startup, and all 2024 Gigabyte models seamlessly integrate with tools like OpenAI and Microsoft's Copilot AI chatbot. But the Aorus 16X and the Gigabyte G6X take it to the next level with a dedicated Copilot key, allowing users to swiftly tap into productivity and generative AI capabilities. I also keep hearing AI is gonna change a lot in the gaming world. Andrew, can you think of anything about that? Not just optimization, like you said, but like more personal optimization I could see happening where like maybe you're playing a competitive game like Valorant and you want higher FPS and lower resolution, like you, you're okay versus like The Witcher where you might want 4K crispy resolution and like a lower frame rate. I think finding that between your computer specs and what you want might help out a lot. Nice. So all of the models that I've been talking about are available right now at oris.com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. So that's A-O-R-U-S dot com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. Gigabyte, team up, fight on. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. All right, we're back, and we're back to answer some Twitter questions. So I tweeted on Waveform, WVFRM, what do you guys want to know? What do you want to talk about? And you guys had a bunch of questions. So we'll get right into those. Um, 
this is actually this is turning into one of my favorite segments. So we don't yeah, do that in like the videos anymore. But you guys have some good questions. I think what's more fun about this is it in the videos you would answer it, where in this it's like we can have a conversation, and sometimes that conversation gets derailed, which is kind of fun. <laughs> Perfect. Um, I mean, it sucks for editing later, but but hey, there'll be know. times where I'm like, oh, is this a segment? Oh my goodness, that was a question like 20 minutes ago. Yeah, and, and we don't talking. have to like edit it down or anything crazy. Yeah. Uh, one of the top questions I have here: uh, Do you think you will ever? have to upgrade your studio again for the rest of your YouTube career slash life? Yeah. And uh, I think gut answer, yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, the new crazy. place is huge and it's hard It's hard to think about us even moving into it right now with who But here's have. the thing, here's mm -hmm. the thing. I start, and every, every level you look at it, it's kind of the same thing. Like when I started with one camera, I was like, this is it, I'll never need another camera. And then two years later, I'm like, I need a T2i. <laughs> and then I'll probably never like, Literally, some, this is a joke that John from TLD and I had, like, where some commenter was like, you know, you guys all shooting with red cameras, it's really overkill and everything, but YouTube compression is pretty serious. The most the most camera you could ever need on YouTube is a Canon T2i. And that's sort nice. of a running joke between us. Like, you, you know, we don't need these cameras, right? We just need a Canon T2i. I mean, T2i. you just use the onboard mic for it also, right? Yeah, you're pretty much good with just the <laughs> T2i and the stock lens. Um, but yeah, sure enough, uh, you know, a year later, I'm like, I, I need a 60D. Then I need to see. I don't yeah. need these new cameras, but no. like T two I is great. By the way, if you have a T two I, that was that was my first cam, my first DSLR. I oh, you too. Had. Yeah, I, I love the T two I. But yeah, the same yeah. thing happens with the studio space where I started recording in uh, half my bedroom, mm -hmm. and then I was recording in my college dorm room, and then I was recording in my apartment, and then I moved to this studio space, and this three thousand square foot empty box seemed like the end all. Like yeah. this is. It's the, it was the biggest space in the building. I was like, this is, I can't possibly fill this whole space up. Then sure enough, we need another space down the hall and another one next to that. And sure enough, we're expanding again. Well, yeah, like we made it to the point where we had the two down the hall and we're like, which means we can keep the main studio space super clean and have plenty yeah, right. of room. Right now I'm looking at my desk. <laughs> if I turned around and walked like three feet, I would bump into a box. Into we just have so much stuff that just comes in here right now. And we're we're losing room. I mean- I know it's a lot of stuff, but we actually use a lot of this and it's yeah. to make videos feel as fresh as possible all the time. And I hope you guys all appreciate that. I think if we didn't, we weren't doing that, it very quickly would look like the same thing over and over again and get boring. Yeah, and I also think another part of that is building out the team a little bit. So mm -hmm. when you have more people, you know, when I started in my in my college apartment or something, it's not like I was expecting to have other people helping me with videos in my college apartment. Yeah, yeah. If um, you hired me when you're at the apartment, it would be a little that, weird if I just it, like set up a desk at the foot of your bed. It's a different dynamic. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> so uh, yeah, having having the space means not only more room for activities, but room, more room for people. So that is uh, the long answer to your question is yes. Oh, uh, someone, so Levi Green says, has the Tesla battery efficiency update added hmm. extra miles to your car that you've noticed? Um, I know we haven't talked about Tesla yet in this episode, so <laughs> I had to bring this up. So Tesla threw out a, a range update for the long range cars. The Model S long range went from, I think, 358 miles to 390 miles wow. with a software update, uh, just unlocking the extra optimi optimized range. Uh, I have a performance version of the car, so I have not gotten a range update yet, and I don't think I expect to. Okay. Uh, but if you have a long range Model S or Model X even, you're gonna go from like 320 to 350 or 360 to 390. Uh, I haven't gotten it yet. I don't think I will. But that being said, I still get like 330 miles yeah, on right. a full battery now, so that's pretty good. Ooh, 
Okay, I'm just, I'm going rogue. I got to go. Oh, yeah, one. man. I... <laughs> why not 60 FPS videos? Can you oh, explain why you don't like it or why you think it's the wrong frame rate for video? I want to turn this just to, to explain why I shoot 30 and not 24. And my hot take is you can go and say 24 FPS is, I'm going to sound really angry right now, but it's That's true. Fine. <laughs> you, can, you, can, you can say 24 FPS is a correct frame rate, but the only argument anyone has ever made to me about why they shoot 24 FPS or why I should shoot 24 FPS is because the movies do it. It's and cinematic. So it's cinematic. It's because the directors do it. And so if you look up why movies shoot 24 FPS and you go back to the beginning of shooting movies and shooting film, you know, we started off with like photos and then moving pictures. And then if you move the pictures fast enough, it looks like movement. Mm -hmm. We landed on 24 FPS, believe it or not, I read this, because that was the lowest amount of frames per second that they thought were a good idea where it could convince your eye that it's real movement and a video and not a series of photos. Mm -hmm. And I, when I think about that, I kind of believe it. I've seen 15 FPS and I've had cameras that are limited to that and it looks choppy and then you get to like 24 and then right around there it's starting to look smooth. Um, and that's true, but that was literally to save money on film, yeah. which was very expensive and 29 frames per second versus 24 meant you were spending that much more on mm -hmm. every second of video. So now it's 2020 we have the ability to pick whatever yeah, frame yeah. rate we want and save money. And here's the thing, it could be 30, it could be 35, it could be 31, but I've found that 24 FPS looks choppy to me. Mm -hmm. And when I do motion, which is what I do a lot of in my videos, uh, panning, robot shots, all this stuff, just undoubtedly, you cannot convince me otherwise, looks worse at 24 FPS. And I've shot 24 by accident even sometimes. <laughs> I think, uh, the Elon factory tour, when we had to switch cameras out, we shot that entire thing at 24 FPS, and I had it interpolated to 30 FPS because I couldn't stand how choppy it was walking oh. around the factory with the gimbal at 24. So, <laughs> 30 FPS is the correct frame rate only because it's much better looking, and I, I would accept other off answers like 35 or 38, but 30 is such a good standard because then your audio syncs up and there's a bunch of other standards that work well with it. Um, I don't shoot 60 because I think that starts to look overly smooth and distractingly smooth. Mm -hmm. uh, when your eye is looking for a certain thing, sometimes that works if you're if you're doing game stuff, if you're doing other types of videos, and you can sometimes get away with it in tech, but I think that starts to get distracting. So I think my correct frame rate answer, mm -hmm. I'm basically ranting, is somewhere between 30 and 45 frames per second, but 30 is perfect because cameras will all just do it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's preference for you as well, and it's something you've been working in for 11 years at Forever. this point. So like, <laughs> I mean, think about when you, like you go rent a car, you're, no one's saying the car you drive at home is, is perfect, but you get so used to it after driving it for so many years. Whenever I get a rental car and I'm like driving it out of a city, I feel so uncomfortable because I'm just like, not used to how it controls or how I'm like sitting and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I'm so focused on the road all the time because all I'm thinking about is like, this doesn't feel right. So just imagine now editing and watching all this stuff you just spent filming and it just looks totally wrong to you. Yeah. It's not wrong. Everyone who does that frame rate or uses that car in their everyday life, yeah. it's great for them. It's great. But for you, you've been doing this for so long, it would feel so strange 
to change it at this point. Yeah, and I, I don't. I every time I say the correct frame rate, I'm obviously poking fun. Like, yeah, there yeah. is no correct frame rate, but like everyone whoever tries to get me to switch to 24 always says the same thing. Like, come on, man, it's like what the movies use. It's cinematic. Yeah, and I'm just I'm done with it. I'm I'm putting my foot down on that. So there you have it. 30 FPS for life. All right, so this kind of fits in with us furnishing the new studio, but someone said, how many Ikea things do you have mounted in the new studio? I'm, I'm gonna take out mounted. I think that's just a, um, Ikea? but like how many Ikea things in the new studio? Uh, Right now, none. Zero. Not yeah. a single Ikea thing. There's I'm, not a lot in the new studio yet. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's moved- some stuff. We have some crates and some furniture. The only Ikea stuff I actually think we have in this studio is one table and the gear closets, like the, oh, the cabinets those that are hold big, stuff. Though. Yeah. We've gotten uh, some like some random things here and there. I think a couple lamps and- um, Oh yeah, yeah. Maybe, I don't even know if we've gotten any end tables. Uh, some fake plants actually we may have seen. Oh yeah, there, A couple trees or something. Yeah, but uh, Ikea is not a huge staple actually in, in our furniture choices. We have a variety of things. Yeah, we have on one there. pretty close by, which so it's like nice if we need to really run, but we actually, we order a lot of stuff online surprisingly, which is why we also need more studio space because we just have giant boxes showing up all the time. Also, as we furnish this space, we want a lot of it to last. Mm -hmm. And when I consider IKEA build quality, not always built to last very long. A lot of thin plexiglass and cardboard and things like that. Uh, I'm looking for some sturdy stuff. So yeah, might not be full of IKEA, but we'll probably still sneak. Yeah, some we have to trust some expensive equipment on top of it. So <laughs> that's very it true. Doesn't fall over. Um, also, on so somebody said, "What are you most excited about in the new studio?" Let's not include podcast room there because we've talked about how excited we are for that. But okay. anything else specifically that you're very excited about? Um, uh, there's just a bunch. I honestly, really, it's the it's the sound. Like when mm-hmm. it comes down to it, like the huge space is awesome. The lights. We're gonna get these motorized blackout shades. That's incredible. We're gonna have all the sound isolation. That's awesome. We're gonna furnish, get all the desks in, conference room, TVs, all the tech, the internet, the scannable door key, like all this crazy (laughs) stuff that we're just now like getting our feet wet with and planning. But when it comes down to it, every time I shoot videos or every time we record a podcast and I have to sit here and wait for someone pacing back and forth behind the window on the phone it's happening to right finish now. his phone call <laughs> so we can continue making what we want to make. It just dries up the creative process and and takes just puts a fork in my creativity. So I, I would really like to not have to deal what? with that anymore. Watch we move into the new studio and release like 200 videos next year because <laughs> it, we just gonna realize happen. how long we've been delayed from Because it's just gonna noise. cut the time in half of like having to wait for people to, and like people like, walk up to the elevator and like have a conversation outside the elevator and then the elevator opens and they keep talking. And they don't go in. And they don't go in because they're so busy talking to each other. And then the elevator door closes and makes a loud closing noise and beeps mm-hmm. and then they go, oh, I, that's funny, we forgot to get in. And then they call it again and then they wait for it again. And it's just, just ah, the fact that we can hear all of this stuff. Um, you can hear it in my voice as, as a bunch of people now come out of the elevator as I rant about them. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, long story short, I mean, there's a ton of tech going in there and I'm looking forward to it being like the ideal production environment, like studio workspace mm-hmm. is going to be sweet. Uh, but the sound actually being controllable as much as the light is going to be huge for me. Yeah. I, th- I actually think I'm most excited about, and this is more on a like everyday thing for us is we have like a small kitchen space in our own bathroom that just like 
Oh yeah, that too. We don't have to share it with a bunch of people. I I don't use the refrigerator in the shared kitchen space here because I'm just assuming everything would get lost. So we have yeah. like a little tiny refrigerator. I'm I'm excited to just have all of that there. That doesn't get you guys hyped at all. So if it's something that you guys are going to see on video, uh, natural light, we're going to have a lot of it in the new space. Yeah. Um, natural light's the best light. Yeah. I mean, we've walked into the new space and not even turned the lights on some days because the light's so good coming in these like big windows we have. So that's going to be really awesome. Uh, someone asked about, uh, what do you think about new tech YouTubers coming in with good content, but not so good video quality? Uh, I would say that's way better than the other way around. Yeah. Uh, because video video quality you can work on, uh, I think much more like, what's the word? You can sort of approach that in a much like more reasonable step-by-step uh, -step way than making your content better. Like when your content's good and the video quality is not amazing, people will still watch it because it's good ideas yeah. and good content and good flow. Um, and then you can eventually up the production value. That's basically what I started with was like pretty poor production value, but mm -hmm. talking tech. Uh, and, and then you can add that on top later. Yeah, I mean, as long as the, the low level quality isn't affecting how you're getting your point across and the stuff you're trying to show on it, like if your audio is totally not synced or like it's pixelated so bad that oh, you can't tell so what's happening. Bad. But like, okay. I don't think that's almost even possible to do anymore because we have phones that take good quality video. You have webcams that take good quality video. Like it's almost impossible to go out and buy a camera that doesn't shoot in at least 1080 at this point. So yeah. I will always watch low quote unquote quality that's good and interesting over something could be an 8K and be boring. And I'll, I will always pick the yeah quote low quality something pro tip if you have really low quality video but invest in a pretty decent quality microphone that's going to make a bigger difference off the bat than trying to get your lighting and your camera equipment and all the sets set up just uh, a better mic you can get away with a lot more fun fact yeah no one likes anything screeching in your ears when you're trying to listen to it or <laughs> choppy or feedback or anything all right i have one okay all right any tips for a beginning photographer just bought myself my first camera for a new hobby Oh, just like the vanilla, like I'm a new photographer. What should I try to do? Yeah, I'm. Let's assume that this is, and I I don't want to assume, but let's assume this is like a DSLR that has your average like ISO shutter speed. Uh, T2i. <laughs> yeah, the T2i. Let's go. Let's go back to our days where we both had a T2i. Yeah. and how we okay progressed with it. So you you get the you get the kit lens really, mm -hmm. and that's where you learn the most about the limitations of your lens and what you want to be able to do. Is it close focus? Do you want to do a lot of macro stuff? Is it not wide enough? Is it not fast enough? Do you have a lot of like lower light stuff you want to shoot? That's a lot of where you'll figure out like what type of photography you really like doing. Mm -hmm. And then you make your next lens purchase based on that. And then you get to switch back and forth between those two lenses and just learn a ton. Yeah. Um, shoot a lot shoot a lot yeah that's what i learned so i started with the 18 to 35 that came with the t2i mm -hmm. and you know that's fine for video but on a crop lens or a crop sensor you know 35 doesn't really get that tight uh the minimum focus isn't so great the f it's also i think at f35 wide open so my next lens and i put it on my christmas wish list and i got it from santa claus <laughs> was the 99 dollars nifty 50 50 mil f1.8 and that lens was incredible to have because right. then now like I can get shallowed up the field, I can get close focus, I can get these tight macro shots and like 
that like opened up a whole world for me. So yeah, I think uh, just really using it as much as possible and learning like what really makes it yeah. fun for you and then doubling down on that. Yeah, I would say also like just shoot a lot and understand how to change, how to fix your exposure and what all those different aspects do because exposure isn't just like the perfect lighting exposure the ways you change the exposure to get that perfect lighting can also change how you're taking a picture um depending on like shutter speed and aperture and stuff like that so try and learn the ins and outs of all of that before you really get too deep or you go spending thousands of dollars on eight different lenses like you need to understand the cores of taking a picture and there's so many good resources out there to oh, find all that out now. A um, lot on YouTube too. Yeah, YouTube's great. There's just like tutorial websites online. Um, but like Marquez said, find out what you like shooting. Another thing would be go on Instagram and follow people who shoot stuff similar to that. Yeah. And then next time you're out, I like nature stuff. I follow a bunch of nature photography stuff. So if, when I go out, I'm now looking for a way to replicate something like that and I can learn how to make that better for me. Uh, and by working towards trying to make it better or trying to replicate something, you just learn so much in the process of doing that. Yeah. All right. Uh, last one. Cool. So you're stuck on an island and can only take three tech things. Okay. What are those things? And I'm going to ban a smartphone from that list so you can't like call home. I don't know if I would even do a smartphone because I'm assuming on the island, oh uh, wait, okay. Can we charge things on the island? Uh, or is not, that one of the tech things that you That's gotta bring? be one of the tech things, yeah. It's just, an, you're on a, like literally like an empty like 50, like the size of the studio, just okay. an island in the middle of the ocean. Yeah, I don't think I'd pick a phone because there'd be no service anyways. So True. it'd be pretty useless for me. Typically with these questions, I'm oh. trying to like hack my way into an answer that will get me saved from the island. A submarine. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm picking uh -huh. like, can I get a boat? Yeah, uh, a but no, if I'm just trying to like, I guess stay sane, yeah. That's like what you'd use. Okay, yeah. For. We're staying sane and assuming rescue is coming eventually. You just have to not lose your mind by the time rescue gets there. Okay. So a uh, solar-powered grill. Is that a good my, idea? That is a, I didn't think of that and now I want 3 of those as my 3 items. That's my so that's mine. That's that's an item for me. Uh -huh. Um let me get There's yeah, you're right. There's probably no internet. So what good is any internet connected mm -hmm. thing? Wow. I guess I'd I'd take like a like, I, it's not even like tech, just like something to fidget with, like probably just like a Galaxy Fold or something to like open and close a bunch until sand gets in <laughs> it and it destroys it. I'd probably have something like that. What about like a like an iPod Touch with like 500 movies downloaded on it already? Oh, yeah, that would be good That's too. That's probably your but best like an, for like entertainment. But if you have something like or that, you need, an iPad, you an need iPad. A, if you have an iPad, you gotta charge it and that's your third item, right? So like a solar powered, yeah battery bank solar power would be it. huge yeah yeah to keep it powered so hmm. yeah the three items would be solar powered grill okay <laughs> something to fidget with that also happens to have 500 movies preloaded on it <laughs> and then uh, a battery powered solar powered battery that can charge stuff this is the Boom. scenario where those weird tech things that can do eight different things in one actually makes sense because you yeah. have limited items but that is also the only scenario in which those make sense. So let's stop making uh, like Kickstarter pages of, of a tech thing that can solve eight <laughs> different problems. Solar powered grill with a cooler in it oh. that also has a plug and a battery sticking out. Boom. Bingo. That's not real. But if it. it is Kickstarter, I'm coming for you. 
Oh man, I feel like we really <laughs> just didn't take that question seriously, but no, yeah. I did. That's a hundred percent what I would take to the island. Seriously. All right, it. we're next video dropping Marquez off on an island with with those three, three things. things. Sick, Mr. Beast. We're ready. <laughs> Let's do it. That's been it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Waveform. Uh, all the stuff we talked about in these these uh, couple of stories will be in the show notes. So if you want to check those out, the links, the Twitter, the Instagram, everything we mentioned, and uh, we'll catch you guys in the next couple weeks. Peace. Waveform is brought to you by with Studio 71, and our intro outro music is created by Cameron Barlow. <laughs>